0: what did i do they Um, put you
1: up at you said hilton
0: put me up at the hilton and the night that i got in there i geeked out for a few you know took a picture of there was a, a whoopi goldberg in sister act all guys, guys just um, the habit <laughs> yeah she was in the habit <laughs> and um but wax figure in the lobby oh, oh and i took wow. a picture with it and everybody was like oh my god you went whoopy. and i'm like yeah like the first day you know, i was like yeah totally oh that's great yeah whoopy. but um and then i just i walked down to hollywood boulevard checked out the chinese theater mm-hmm. realized like you know When you go out to some place like L.A., (laughs) you think to yourself, like, holy crap, I'm going to see some of the most beautiful people on the planet. But it wasn't like that. It really wasn't. There was just a bunch of weird-looking chuds like me who were there uh, (laughs) checking out Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, when you're right in the heart of tourists. Yeah. yeah, Very tourism. Being right there. Hollywood Vine area is always, like... That's that's all I saw the time I went to except at night. I stayed at a, a Motel Six, Hotel Six, whichever one in the blue logo at the red six, um, <laughs> just right off of Hollywood and Vine. And uh, I remember going out at night to walk to the liquor store right before a liquor, closer to you. Right before liquor time was closing, and. Uh, like, I still had that that South Dakota nice guy thing, but knowing I'm in a city and, and my uh, on edge was a little more active because I spent more and more time in Albuquerque. And I remember giving the first homeless person that asked me for a buck, I, I gave him a buck, 18 more behind me in just quick seconds. I'm like, nope, and move fast. <laughs> and and they saw that that was happening and I was already noping out of there. But, uh... uh yeah, that same cat saw me later. And he's like, can I, can I have a dog? Can I? Nah, man, nah, nah, nah. nah. I, I figured out where I was real quick, but I do remember still thinking something about that. And uh, when I walked from the liquor store at night, I saw one guy just settling in. He found a stoop to sleep in. I was like, "Here, man. And I gave him the change. It's like 2.30, whatever I had left from the, getting a bottle of e for me and this girl. <laughs> uh, Yeah, man. All cities. All cities have this thing of their own, but the L.A., there's... I think the That's thing, the only time I visited in my adult life was that one trip.
0: The thing that sucked was I found out when I got down there that Van Halen had played on Hollywood Boulevard like three nights before that. Ooh. And I was like, well, son of a bitch. Right, know? right. But I, I remember seeing the, uh, the Star Trek thing in the sidewalk where it had all the original cast signed their names oh, okay they all had their hands in there and shit and that was really that was really special mm-hmm. to me. I, I love nerd star morning. trek dude i love star trek um but yeah I, I my homeless experience there i had two of them there one mm. in new york city i i took a homeless guy out to taco bell in the world trade center okay like a taco place in the World Trade Center. I want to say it was a Taco Bell. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, okay. It, it was
0: 2000 when that happened. But he asked me for money, and I was like, "I don't have money. I have traveler's checks." I'm gonna go get something to eat, though. Are you hungry? He's like, "Yeah." And so he went with me, and I bought him lunch and shit. Nice, nice. Um, but when I was in L.A. and I was walking down on Hollywood Boulevard, I walked by, and there's like a, there's a McDonald's on there, kind of by the theater a little bit within mm-hmm. the, within that radius. And um, like uh, maybe a block down from McDonald's, I saw a woman sitting there with her daughter, and her daughter was no older than ten. Mm-hmm. And they're homeless, and they look homeless, and her mom looks twacked the fuck out
1: or whatever's it's like it's doing to her. Right? And,
0: yeah, and she was like sitting there, kind of like cussing at her daughter and everything like that and so i walked by him a couple times during my my venture and then finally she asked me you know you spare any change sir <laughs> i kind of did something bad but i think it was for a good reason hopefully maybe okay but i took some change out of my pocket and i threw it down the sidewalk and her mom went scurrying for the change, and I handed her a $5 bill. Nice. Her, her nice daughter. Kid. I handed her yeah. a $5 bill, and I said, don't show your mom this.
1: I don't care if it was right like, <laughs> or wrong. I like that. <laughs> like, that's a cool I was woman. just
0: like, because this woman was so twacky, dude. And I I knew that if she saw me give that girl any money, it right. was going to be hers. Right, right. And so, yeah, I just took the change. I tossed it down the sidewalk like I was just not giving a shit. So yeah, she yeah. scurries like off that, that's
1: the dickhead inside of it, but she wow she showed her her priority she was ready to just go run and
0: and I I mean I don't hope that the girl has time away from her mother enough to spend it yeah
1: Right, you know, that, like, that's it. Yeah, that's where my but brain is still. I, but like, I do
0: hope that she has some time away from her mom so she can spend it. Like,
1: right, right. Like she just gets her to that that know, other maybe, family member who who has a little bit more stable environment that she can relax. Maybe she's in
0: still and, holding on to that five dollar bill. You know, like <laughs> one of those things and shit, and it'll be in a made for TV fucking movie in twenty. Years.
1: <laughs> you said that was in New
0: York. That was in L.A. Oh, that, that was, was in, in Hollywood. LA. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then oh, New York was the guy you bought the, food. Yeah, the, the yellow, guy yellow, bought Jeffers. food for. Yeah, it. yeah, and then. I was walking across the street, and this obviously on really hard powders woman is walking towards me, and she's short, she's African-American, and it's like, she eyeballs me, dude.
1: I'm like the
0: only one walking across the street at this time as well. Sometimes making
1: that eye contact, it's the first mistake. Yeah, and then all of a sudden,
0: she just comes up and shoves me. Huh. In the middle of her rant, she just shoves me. She's not even like talking to me. She's just screaming at the world, mm-hmm. and she just comes up and shoves me, and I'm like, "Hey!" I just keep on stepping. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. kept on walking, but she just came up and shoved me, and I'm like, "Oh, fuck you, man!" But man, yeah.
1: Another time, I had kind of just forgot I was in the city for just a moment. I uh <laughs> I went to the cities. I was in Minneapolis. Um I stayed at Stefan Womigo's place, and I was there for the five-year anniversary uh, uh Michael Idea Larson. Um, of his pass. well, it was the show to celebrate, to celebrate his life, you know? And it was the fifth one. Uh, first time I had made it to one of them, but he's always been like, he's, he's number one, my favorite MC, you know? Um, and uh, oh, the, the whole trip was really serendipitous, but the moment I left Homeboy's apartment and started walking to the theater well first half as the venue is at i uh bring up the gps and i'm checking my way there while i'm out on the walk and i see yeah, oh, it's just straight down there but i'm still just kind of looking to see if there's anything i might want to stop at on the way i'm a little early you know and trying to figure out where i'm gonna eat dinner and then i hear i hear this voice from a couple blocks away yelling free phone free phone and i go oh yeah that's where i'm at i put it in my pocket and luckily like i can see about where a larger group of guys that might be down to just go for some dirt uh, are congregating, and it just so happens that I put my phone in my pocket. A bus obstructs the view, and I start. Just walking like I'm in the city again. Bus pulls out of the way. And where I was, I'm not. So I don't know where they were looking by that point. But I was already on my way. <laughs> it was an interesting walk down the first half after that. But just it was just remind yourself. Boom. Oh, yep. You're in the city. Yeah. Be on your toes.
0: Yeah. See, when I went to New York, I went with like my class. Oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. From Jamestown, the choir class. Right, right. And I really didn't want to go. Because I was like, man, I'm going to be like sitting there with the choir people the whole Mm. time. It's going to suck. My dad's like, you got to go. Right. So I went, and it was the exact opposite of everything I thought it was going to be. Like, all of a sudden, they just like pull up into times square open the bus doors and said be back here in 3 hours. <laughs> oh i'm four, nice. i'm like 14 15 Ooh, yeah, yeah yeah just drop me the fuck i've got 500 bucks and traveler's <laughs> checks and shit oh my god i bought so much bullshit okay but i start walking mm. and all of a sudden i start realizing that a lot of people are looking at me and none of them are white like, and this is my first time really leaving the Dakotas, okay. You know, especially without my folks. Mm. And so, I was like, all of a sudden, I like, I get to, and I don't know if this is right, but I get to something that's like, you know, Frederick Douglass Boulevard and Malcolm X Lane or something. You know, I look up at the hear, street yeah, side yeah, and then yeah, I looked I around and I was like, I should probably turn around. I'm like, and it's, and you want to know what? it's 80s movies 80s movies was still like the you know Mm -hmm. it showcased a lot more african-american people being bad guys as well as asians i was terrified of asians because they were ninjas it's
1: not race specific it's block specific people people have a certain sense of ownership over the territory they live in you know right And that, I mean, you run into that everywhere.
0: And I was 14. (laughs) What the fuck was I going to do? Hey, guys. You know, you want my Traveler's checks? You know, like, what the fuck? But, I mean, that was my first dip into, maybe I'm not in the right, like, this is not, I don't feel safe. And, like, where in Aberdeen can you go where you don't feel safe? Where in Jamestown, North Dakota do you well? I mean, there's people's you, houses that you, can you, go you, to
1: you bring a like. certain kind into Aberdeen and, you know, they're out drinking with the boys at a certain time when some mm. other boys that just don't like the way they look get a little tipsy and into themselves like it could spell trouble just for every every place you go where you're an outsider to the place you are suddenly the one i mean and it's just in the way people view you if they view you as an outsider to the place and that comes across in a lot more than just our skin color it comes across the way we carry ourselves the way we talk the way i mean if you know a language if you know another language you're automatically starting to communicate with people that who could have this outsider status all of a sudden i watch i watch white is white boy michael uh wilson you know matty effects Uh, He lived in Aberdeen for a while Uh, We planned a tour together at one point And a brother of mine had a major health scare Uh, I decided to stay in the region But Maddie and and the rest of the folks left It was a very punk rock tour, DIY But but, uh, um, Michael was fluent in Spanish And he's got red hair and he's pasty But I watched him go (laughs) in uh, uh, Mazatlan in Aberdeen and start talking to folks. And suddenly, whole crew, we were all drinking like we we're buddies with the bar. It's just, yeah, yeah. The, those are like little shortcuts cross, across uh, uh, the boundaries that, that society or socially that we erect with each other, you know?
0: I guess for me, though, like even when I am the outsider, like when I walk into the zoo, I don't fit into the zoo.
1: Yeah, I don't, like don't, don't want to start fitting in at the zoo. I don't
0: fit in at the zoo, but it's like when I go in there, yes, people are looking at me, but nobody's looking at me.
1: Yeah, I know, mean, it is a college kid, but it's a meat market. Very. Every town's yeah. got their meat market where people go hunting uh, for one another, you very know? Very much so. And the zoo, is, the zoo is Aberdeen's meat market.
0: Is there any, I mean, loggers... <sighs> loggers
1: was Aberdeen's older meat market and a lot of people hanging on to that dream and I mean you get different bars get different crowds and different pockets of the town and
0: the zoo is like the Walmart (laughs) and (laughs) loggers is like Target (laughs) you know like like people go in there for the same fucking shit but does that
1: make slackers like Saks fifth avenue or what <laughs> Slackers <laughs> or, or yeah, the brass kettle like
0: slackers no Slackers is exactly what it is yeah it's, it's that it's they're that they're independent high. hometown place that's not corporate sized or corp corporate i
1: don't know I it wasn't loggers that at one point
0: see when my dad went to loggers the it circus was a, has that still the circus is more of a restaurant to me it's, than,
1: well it's got the best wings in town like Dude, i mean i still i will always put it down circus where i go for wings if, if i want you
0: good wings go to the circus ask for the secret yes. no 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 no, no. That's what I it's do. the pepper jack cheese bites Mm-mm. cheese balls uh, yeah 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 i tried them and it's not like they give you six, like Dairy Queen or something like that. No, they give you a basket with like twenty or thirty of them in there. Midwest eating, so fucking good, <laughs> so fucking good, dude. But That's no, true. like when my dad first went to Loggers, it was a hole in the wall fucking bar. Mm-hmm. It was just that you know, that front area. They didn't have that back extended edition onto it right. or anything like that, you know. It was the original trilogy, <laughs> and now it's gotten into the prequels,
1: uh-huh.
0: you know. Like.
1: See, I never I never had the experience of going to the bar with the folks. Every now and again when I'd sp- hang out with some of the kids that I met around here when I was at Northwestern or or when I even in Aberdeen, it, that's when I saw that was a thing, but uh my folks just were never drinkers in my life, you know.
0: I mean my de- i've never seen my father inebriated okay ever okay ever like if that ever happens, that'll be the day that the Vikings win the Super Bowl or some shit. I mean,
1: right? Like, now you're you're saying just he'll sip one or
0: yeah he'll have a few.
1: Mm, but I've never I've never seen him never seen
0: it, like you know like, what I'm telling you. Fuck <laughs> you, man. Like, I
1: want to see so, my dad. Wow, get that's bel- your impression of belligerent. Drunk? I want to <laughs> see my
0: dad get belligerent drunk on my ass someday. Oh man, it's funerals.
1: <laughs> funerals are the only time I've seen like. The elder men in my family.
0: See, my my dad had all the opportunity to go out yeah. drinking with me and my fucking, you know, but no. Well, that's
1: the, that's the real hardest one, man. Like, ow. Ow, you know? Happy Mother's Day.
0: Yeah, happy and, Mother's Day, Mama.
1: And RIP to all those we miss.
0: Yep. Yeah but, uh, yeah, but my dad played in a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. So I was at, I went to a lot of their outdoor gigs I went to the Lumber Company. Yeah. Do you know what the Lumber Company I remember was? stories
1: of the Lumber Company. My family's been around Aberdeen for a long okay. time. My uh, second oldest brother was born. I here. remember
0: what it looked We're like there. from the outside, but I cannot remember for the life of me anything about the fucking... Me too. Me too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but we used to go... I remember we went to this, uh, this place called Ordway. It wasn't Ordway Prairie, but I think it was like the town of Ordway.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard its name too. I've never been there.
0: There was a creek running by... Uh, where my dad was playing. Okay. And I was not allowed to use the rope swing. Like all the big kids. were doing. And I just remember sitting there feeling fucked. Like you guys fucked me. Yep. You brought me all this way and I can't even. Do yeah. Like what the hell. Mm. But so I was around a lot of people that were drunk, but never my father. My mom uh-huh. started drinking later on yeah. in my life. And I had to go. <coughs> I'm sorry, mama. I had to go pick her up from the bar a few times when I was like, mm. 13 14 you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But she had
1: fun. She liked that fun. She did have fun. She liked know? that fun.
0: Her yeah. and my dad split up. They needed to split up. And when they split up, my my sister and I were into the age where she could look at us and say, "Don't burn the fucking house down. <laughs> I'll be back." Yep. you know. Yep, yep. But you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I was around my. I've I've seen my mom pretty pretty
1: trash. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember at. We were at Aberdeen Central at the same time briefly, right?
0: I never went to Central. You never went there. I went to Holgate.
1: Oh, it was Holgate. It was okay. Holgate. Okay, we were at Holgate briefly. Okay.
0: Thank God, I never went to Central. Yeah,
1: I don't know why I thought you were in geometry with me. The next, you would have been the next year. I was only at Holgate half a ninth grade.
0: Wow. So I would have been like, what year did you graduate? Or oh you two. Know, yeah. So yeah, you would. I would have been in eighth grade then. Okay. My ninth grade la- year I left I left Aberdeen. So
1: okay. Yeah, somehow managed to do the graduate thing on time, but ALC by the end is
0: <laughs> You know, I'm sorry to say it, but like with all the people that I know and stuff like that in other past, sometimes I have to I have to catch myself and be like, oh what year would what, you graduate? Yeah, 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 yeah right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have a lot of friends that never did. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I did. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to the point where it was like God, I've been in this so long. Like, I had a couple friends that that, that broke out in like twelfth grade. They were like, "No, I'm out. I'm dropping mm-hmm. out." I'm like, "Dude, right? You're right. There. You're, you're like, at the th- finish line. You're gonna just quit." They're like, "Dude, I have to take summer school. Then take fucking summer school. Mm-hmm. If you have to be a super senior, be a fucking super senior. Get right, this shit right. done, dude." Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then I never did anything else <laughs> <right> <laughs> after I. Schooled.
1: Man, yeah, no, no. I I went and did the BFA. That that thing was. The school I found just it felt too meant for me What's in some the BFA ways. Uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts in oh. Creative Writing from the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a very well as college should be expansive spiri- experience. Experience uh, portion of my life that I'm super thankful for and it's where I like so I was always enamored with music but it's where I went from liking all kinds of pop childish kind of stuff. To, I like hip-hop a lot, I'm gonna delve into that deeper, you know With rock, I was trying to do it from that really angsty teenage place and Steeped in Rage Against the Machine, you know <laughs> um, But, uh, uh, it, well, the guy I was talking about earlier before we started, uh, Parrish He's just, he's, he was a four elements guy It means he did uh, DJing, he spit rhymes Bilingually. Sometimes he could get him to spit in French too, but he spoke Spanish and English. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he broke, did break dancing. He was, he was a bigger boy too. So it was fun to watch him move <laughs> and, uh, and one of the best graffiti artists I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he just grinds it out. He works real hard and, and he, he showed me the respect for the culture hip hop as a culture and those four elements and how they were just really foundational part of the core of what hip hop is and, Sometimes I feel like after I left school, after I left down there and came back up here, like, like I got this uh, hip-hop diplomat cast out into the barren wastes of <laughs> just just small-town Illinois South Dakota, you know? See, I, th-
0: I think that if you could travel back in time to, like, 1994 and go out to, like, Seattle coffee shops, you you would pull so much early 90s ass dude like you have no Oh, oh idea. yeah, no me
1: as i am now yeah. going back. Yo, oh, yeah. Back to oh the man, i would, you would be pull so shot, much 94 dude. ass. Man. It would be insane. It would be it would it would be apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send me back in time. Not that No. Oh. By the way, i've been, i've been told Seattle would fit me like it would be old hat for me.
0: Yeah i i would dude seattle it rains a lot and i like the rain right, me too so. me too
1: i got to visit once finally and it was right. uh it was in a over my birthday i stayed there for a month uh from halfway it's through october yeah yeah from halfway <laughs> through october to halfway through november in uh 2014 um wow. yeah yeah my folks sent me out there for my birthday it was gonna be a two-week trip chain company let me extend it no problem yeah I mean, I could have fought for a lot more with how how bad our
0: delays were. Just. Me going to fucking Hollywood for a day and some changes, that, that is visiting. Yeah, I okay, get you. You fucking I live you. there for a for month. For a month. And I, I,
1: I would have started working there if I had brought, like, another form of ID. I had a good passport. It was in Aberdeen, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I would have started working there. But uh, I wanted to come back. One person I was talking to, Ali, Allie, Allie Beekler. I was talking to her pretty much every day when i was over there like we were were in the flirtatious at that point (laughs) uh the flirtatious like it's the like it's a period an epoch
0: the crustaceous (laughs) by the way so we're rolling. Yeah, oh, I know,
1: I know. I, that, that's, that should be how it goes, right? Where yeah. we get loose and just have a conversation. Right.
0: This is the Dakota podcasting experience, and I have ish the stomach with me. We didn't do that. How's it going, peoples? Yeah, we didn't do that at all. <laughs> we just started talking, and then we kept getting interrupted and having to return to talking. Right, Yeah. So right. It just kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for watching. We're going to continue. Actually, right now would be a good time. I'm going to just, just pause for a second. And we're gonna to go to a quick little like fifteen or thirty second thing for the from the guys from the Sioux Empire podcast, Robert Mailing. Uh, they have a uh, uh, Sioux Empire podcast is on Facebook and Twitter and all sorts of stuff. And check them out. They have something coming out in September called the Edge Case, which is uh, like a Twilight Zoney podcast. And I'm excited for it. So I'm gonna plug them really quick. And me and Ash will be right back. This episode of the Dakota Podcasting Experience is brought to you by our friends at the Sioux Empire Podcast down in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Check them out on YouTube, as well as the Empire.com. They're also on Facebook. And also check out their uh, new podcast coming out in September called the Edge Case Podcast. I'm really looking forward to it, so enjoy this short clip, and then we'll get to the show.
1: At the fringes of perception, beyond the boundaries of your mind, just past the glow of the firelight, Out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an edge case. Edge Case Podcast, coming September 10th. Learn more at edgecasepod.com.
0: Welcome back. It's Tony Tubes here with Ish Stomach. He's here. Stomach. And Stomach. <laughs> and Ish, dude, I just I want to put this out there right away, in that you are a god amongst silver screen showdown people. You are my god. In silver <laughs> screen showdown. And nobody watched the finale. Spoiler alert: I'm in the finale. I'm playing my own fucking game in the finale. And it was awesome. Like 30 people watched it. But I should
1: watch it the, again.
0: the next one, the next finale that I have, I want it to be against you. Yes. I'd like it to be against you champion. and season one champion. And uh, yeah, season one champion would probably have to have been Brandon Lunsman. Might be able to get him back. That'd be cool.
1: I'm down. Are you down, Brandon?
0: Or my dad. Ooh, my dad very knowledgeable.
1: Man, I almost don't want to say. Okay, I am going to. Thank you, window. <laughs> I am going to say it, though. Um, ooh, bad strategy. Doing it anyway. I felt a little like, as soon as I saw what the new last game was, I felt like, oh, no, I am going to. Ki-. That's just, like, how my brain puts information together is just played into the last game you chose.
0: What do you mean the last game? What? Um,
1: um, What was it, matching the names
0: Oh, just the, yeah. Just
1: knowing names of either characters or the actors with one of them. It was the the characters with Dr. Jones, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, some of them were different. Some of them were, like, named just the movie, like, stoner movies and shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, well, the 80s was the only one that just... I I didn't know more of those movies than I... uh, I I went a different direction. I was, like, looking up a lot more um, uh, John Hughes flicks and stuff like that.
0: Well, he was, you know, there was a, a John Hughes category and shit, but... Mm. I you know dude that that game like I need if I actually could take that game somewhere I would have writers behind me yeah, yeah doing different stuff because all that shit is just off my head right like there was a couple of Marvel movies that I hadn't even fucking seen yet mm-hmm. and I had to do a whole Marvel episode so I was doing like that's why the Black Panther questions were super fucking easy because I didn't know anything else right. like, I didn't know any of this the logistics of it and shit so yeah all that shit like I like I told the scared of the dark guys or whatever. It's all up here, you know, like. Right. right. If you just look at my shelf. That's where all the questions are coming from mm-hmm. pretty much.
1: I wish you would hit me up with short circuit 1 and 2, man.
0: I <laughs> would. You know, I don't A care whole episode. I, I don't of those. care about those movies enough like to say I would like them back, but if I didn't get them back, I wouldn't be like completely butt hurt, so you can totally borrow them. And even okay. If, even if, like, you know, me and you do not hook up anytime soon, just give them to Sarah. Word. word. She'll, yeah, she'll yeah, give yeah. yeah,
1: she can be a good little movie de- DVD depot for us. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, and as long as they don't come back like they were up somebody's ass. Oh, no,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to respect the things I have. Like... Exactly. So, <laughs>
0: Thank you. I mean, some you. of yeah, my yeah, DVDs look borrow. like they've... I will have a probably tomorrow some of my dvds look like they've been up somebody's ass but it's like hey you take that you know mm. i have kids and sometimes right. they like me dude one of our kids a long time ago we lived in a place that had cement walls on certain parts and he took the movie up the dvd and he's like i'm gonna clean it on the oh. fucking wall oh, it, was it? A, it was a library oh. disc too oh. and we were like "Oh, we'll replace it for like no it'll be 35 right. dollars i'm like
1: what Come on. i'm surprised you didn't say like 80
0: yeah right Oh, my
1: God. I think a blockbuster is something would they charge you upwards of, like, 80 or more.
0: Jesus. That's where I got my Onion movie when that blockbuster was closing down in mm-hmm. Aberdeen. I called him, and I was like, do you guys have the Onion movie? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, do you guys have any copies that I could buy? And he was like, dude, nobody rents this movie. Come in and buy it. I don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was near their closing down? Yeah cool cool
0: the onion movie hell
1: yeah that is that movie. that's a deep cut right there that's a deep cut it's a
0: very <laughs> check out the onion movie if you've never seen the onion movie it's hilarious I, one of the only steven seagal movies that i will watch
1: i know people have tried to make me watch it but i think i've blocked it out or something
0: steven seagal plays cock puncher Wow! Cock. <laughs> I don't think you have the balls. <laughs> like,
1: My grandma's favorite action star. She had a crush on Steven Seagal. Dude, she Steven Seagal
0: on... fucking married Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science, and then he broke her neck and she couldn't act anymore. No, I'm just. Ma-
1: how many? How many fucking action stars are just just wife beaters? I've heard it about Van Damme I don't know. Oh, if it's true. yeah, I've, I've, I've heard, heard Van Damme Seagal. is just a
0: shit yeah, in real life, yeah, um,
1: Something happened to ego, and it gets that big or some shit.
0: Well, Arnold cheated on his old lady, but Arnold's a stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah, eyes. right. Like, that Arnold. I mean, when he was governor, he might have mm-hmm. been a Republican, but my God, he did so much for the environment.
1: Do you think he like, was thinking politics back when he did? It, like he was the main sponsor behind that presidential fitness challenge thing.
0: Oh God, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It thought only just occurred to me that maybe he had the political game in mind already.
0: See, I think that if he would have been an American citizen, first of all, he wouldn't mm. have been Arnold. Right. Because it's like, how do you have Arnold Schwarzenegger with an American accent? Like, right. It doesn't work. But, like, if he was an American citizen and he just happened to talk like that, but everything worked out the exact same way, I think that he would have been, like, the, the good Donald Trump. You know, like, he would have been that that celebrity, that massive celebrity mm-hmm. that got in there, and everybody was like, holy shit, they got in there. And then he actually did a lot of good, because that's what Arnold did when he was governor. He did a lot of good shit. He did some weird shit, but he did a lot of good stuff. I
1: heard a comedian, Spencer Dobson. he came over for a jam session recently, and he, he drew a parallel between a bizarro Superman and Trump being bizarro Kennedy you think about the like celebrity status and cult of personality behind the both of them like yeah there's something to that you know
0: the bizarro john f kennedy
1: right i mean my brand just always just called him he's the biff Tannen snake oil salesman that like new york (laughs) knew better new york has grown up with that guy are you talking
0: about snake oil salesman like like old-timey like
1: he's a con artist. Donald <laughs> Trump is a con artist. Just, he always
0: has. He just makes me think of a uh, a million ways to die in the West. <laughs> he, like what is this? What's in this tonic? Bits of shirt? <laughs> what is that? He's like science? <laughs> but yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, Donald Trump is a I mean what I what I think is just hilarious is he he's just so obviously every fact points to this guy being a complete shit bag of a human being i cannot say that he's a moron
1: no no he's smart. there's not... something up there but i think he's going king lear i think he's in the midst of going towards alzheimer's dementia and i think a lot of it has to do with him having to play the political game and having to because he knows he's lying and he repeats the lies so often that he deludes himself yeah. into
0: believing he's a trip. sociopath yeah wow, absolutely 100 but okay Riddle me this. I'm going to put this out. This happened yesterday. Okay. Maybe two days ago. I have an acquaintance Sorry. on the Facebook, and she has publicly put me down for my Donald Trump thoughts. Okay? It's not the first time that it's happened. It's not going to be the last time that it's happened. But then, like yesterday, the day before, she posts a Facebook post that says, OMG, I can't believe that my, fr- I don't know, my friend and I are on our way to meet Stephen King. Stephen King, don't. Stephen King is like the number one hater t- of Donald Trump yeah. besides Robert fucking De Niro. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like for real, dude, those two.
1: Eminem, really- Eminem. Yeah. he <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I. <laughs> I was just kind of baffled, like, and then, I, and then I asked her the question. I did it very, very, like, professionally. I wasn't rude to her. I was just like, how are you going to do, like, put me down for this? But then you're going to go and meet the one guy that hates him more than anybody else. And she's like, well, I don't. I don't judge people on what they, you know, <laughs> the, who who their the political party is. Why down. are we putting me down? Yeah. Like,
1: I, the cognitive dissonance runs strong, bro. Like, I mean, th- there's no other explanation for How well you know? There's the anger. There's the the start is with the anger. There's a a core. According to Andrew Yang, I don't know if you've been following his campaign. He's making a bid for 2020. He wants to give Mike. He wants to give me like
0: a grand a month just for being me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's he's a numbers guy, and by the numbers, he's made it make enough sense for me to be like, I see where you're going. Um. Ah, shoot, I forget the point that I was going to borrow from him, though. Oh, oh, there's a direct correlation between places where you see automation taking over communities and Donald Trump support. There's like a straight line up between those hit hardest between the between by the economics of the shifts that are happening right now and those who support Donald Trump. And they have been sold on the snake oil salesman's bullshit. That's precisely what it is, in my view.
0: It's just it hurts my brain to even think that that many people still look at this like, and these are people that like hated the bullies in school. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this That's guy, Donald Trump, is this guy would have hated you in school. Mm-hmm. He would
1: have bullied you. He would have taken your lunch money.
0: Exactly. It just, it it baffles me, man. Mm-hmm. And he obviously thinks that he is, you know, he's obviously out for the rich man. Mm-hmm. So why are these poor people following him?
1: They've been sold the line of bullshit.
0: I just, oh my God, man.
1: <laughs> they bought it hook, line, and sinker. He's a good con artist. Yeah. He has a bit of a talent for it. If you don't see his bullshit coming, he has a bit of a talent for it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, in 2020, man, I just, I really hope that it's not Biden. <laughs> like, Biden's not a bad guy, but... It,
1: that'd just be the signal that, hey, we're going straight back to politics as usual. Exactly.
0: You know, and there's so many of them out there. are so many of these candidates out there that want to affect awesomely different change. Yes. And Biden's just, let's go back to Clinton. And I, you think, know?
1: I think it's important that... A large shift happens all at once in this political landscape because this little gradual thing, what it's done is warp or, or straight up dismiss the people, the radicals that have come in before, radical I say, the people who want to make systemic changes that will benefit all citizens of these states. Um, the system ends up twisting their work and lobbyists, money in politics to a disgusting degree that i don't believe our founding fathers would have ever stood for
0: oh absolutely not i mean uh
1: yeah yeah the politics thing it, it it ruffles me to my core
0: i just hope that somebody gets in there that wants to legalize pot and they want to make it easier for the little guy to live yeah. And, you know, really think about the little guy and think about the teachers in our schools and the people looking after the elderly and the developmentally disabled mm. and our fucking indigenous people that were here before fucking us, our vets, our vets, you know, take care of all those people before worrying about all the other people that are coming into the country so fucking hard. But I have a solution. To the border wall crisis would you like to hear my solution i would
1: like to hear your solution
0: all right picture this we build a border wall that whole entire fucking way that they want to do it right it'll cost us a fraction of what they want i mean i i'm saying maybe i'm gonna say three million dollars three million dollars That's rock
1: su- and 2 four no
0: no that goes for <laughs> supplies and labor all through that thing if there's an there's a fucking river there or an ocean there of course you're not going to build it there and shit but here's what we do it's all volleyball nets okay we have all these fucking people that are out there going i don't want them goddamn mexicans in the united states of my america i want all those people to bulk up up and go down there and they have to play the mexicans that want to come into the, the country and if the mexicans win They get to come into the fucking country. Volleyball, huh? And the thing is is if they want to bring in 300 pounds of fucking cocaine they got to play that shit with that shit strapped to their back <laughs> and then if they fucking win then they can be like hey man you really did this you know like, like well you i really mean worked, if you know
1: well playing the game i may be with that much
0: <laughs> i mean it's like yeah come on over dude drop it off drop it off in san antonio and come back and play for our side you know whatever but oh man that, it's, the,
1: it's the our side thing that messes me up i mean the people, the moneyed and powerful people of this world, they don't give two shits about our borders. Right. Not a single international border means a thing to them. They look at large regional areas. I mean, you think of IMF, World Bank, uh, the, uh, the riots that were in Seattle. Did they, did they call that the battle in Seattle? They Something know? like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, we already, as a society, know that, yes, they are moving to a more uh, uh, global economy and way of life the internet has shrunk the world so much that i can send my thoughts encoded through language first and then through digital transmission to japan at relatively light speed i might be using the word relatively a little loosey-goosey there but uh, uh, and then those thoughts can be read by somebody else on the other side of the world, translated for me if they don't know my language. Like, that's some magic shit. Uh, uh, was it Isaac Asimov or Arthur C. Clarke who said any sufficiently advanced technology should be indistinguishable from magic. Like, we are living in an age that the systems of economy and governance that we live under today did not, could not, possibly have accounted for it
0: hmm that's interesting yeah yeah I'm sorry I'm trying my, my, my point fucking fast on together that, man <laughs> well dude and like I just think it's weird that you know I can take my phone right now and I could I could type in any I could type in a combination of probably 300 characters hit a send button and I can have the federal bi at my door within about 20 minutes I bet or a pizza or a pizza,
1: you know? Like, like, there's
0: so much going on. Like, I just think it's trippy that if I took out my phone and a a, com- a certain combination of like 23 numbers, I could be talking to Kim Jong Un.
1: Like 23 with international.
0: Company? I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I just <laughs> threw a fucking number. 42. You know, like I just threw a number out there. <laughs>
1: but seven if- gets you around the United. States? Well, uh, seven gets you around your state. <laughs> <laughs> 10 for the US. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's just, I don't know, man. I just think that it's really strange that, like you said, it just shrunk the world so much. But I don't know, man. Let's change the subject off yeah, politics, yeah, yeah. though. I don't want to fucking. Right? Talk that, about one, that, that that greasy one we fucking. Think we were gonna, that went. greasy orange fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. Cheeto. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Um, uh, we, uh, during on the break. break
1: we, we, on break, we hit the racism a little bit, and we don't want to go into it, but I do got to say, for racism in South Dakota, for the. I have okay. I've done most of the stories on my blog, but this one I haven't done. Um, I remember playing basketball in Millette, South Dakota, in about fifth grade. Uh, backyard dirt that we're dribbling on, and the jokes are flying from these kids. And I remember saying, "I don't think I would hear more racial slurs if I went to a Klan meeting." Everybody laughed, and I realized, "Hey, that's that's where laughed. I am." That's where I am.
0: Exactly, okay. man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: but uh, you said you wanted to throw it to. I, I had no idea you would go to the outer body experiences.
0: No, it, it wasn't outer body experience. Okay, I'll just say I'll just tell you what happened. Okay. So back in one one one, January first, two thousand one, um, I got in a skiing accident, and during the skiing accident, I'm not going to go into it, but I was really fucked up, and I woke up underneath of a tree. And I didn't know if I was gonna live because my lung was collapsed, all sorts of shit. Well, like less than a year later, I remember I was taking a shower and I had I had like my fucking knee taped up with a garbage bag because yeah. I couldn't get it wet and all that shit. But um, I remember st- standing in the shower, and I all of a sudden. The whole experience flashed back to me. I hadn't remembered any of it. Then all of a sudden, it just all flashed back to me in the shower one day, mm-hmm. and it really fucked me up. Mm-hmm. And like, like my dad came in and like, you know, because I like fell back and shit. You know, like it was fucked up. Um, but that was it. Yeah. But then a few days ago, I was watching. Um, there's a song called "Hard Sun" by Eddie Vedder, and it's from the soundtrack to the su- to the movie uh, Into the Wild about Christopher McCandless, the guy that went up to Alaska okay. and died.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing of the movie, you know, he died, okay.
0: Sorry. No worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah, he went up there, and he uh, and he wanted to spend 100 days living by himself in the Alaskan wilderness, and he found this bus, and, um, and he lived there for 116 days, mm-hmm. but when he hit 100, he was too weak to walk out. So he stayed there and died. Mm-hmm. So they made a movie, and by Sean Penn was the director and everything like that and the writer and I think it won some fucking awards but they made this video for it and if you go on YouTube and you look it up Eddie Vedder, Hard Sun, and the, the still frame on YouTube is like birds flying in a sunset or something mm-hmm. and it has shots of this from this movie of him laying in the bus looking up at the sun through the trees and the clouds and shit and... All of a sudden, I got another piece. Like, I was watching this, and all of a sudden, it's just like, and I got another piece of me laying there doing the same thing, waiting to die, looking at the sun through the trees and the clouds and shit. It was really fucked up, man. It was just a few days ago, too. Like, I've, I haven't i have got a piece of that since 2001, man. then all of a sudden, this video, like, triggered something. And right. It was fucking weird. So then I started thinking to myself, because have you ever had a, a life-threatening experience? Like, were you at of- least two
1: at my own hands? I, I, I'm willing to go into it, but okay. uh, um, I mean, as you were going on, there there are quite a few quite a few thoughts that hit me right away. One of the very first ones when you mentioned being in the shower and it coming back years later, um, that reminded me of. Once a friend who shall remain nameless told me about LSD, he's never had a flashback since he realized he could induce one through meditation. Neurology is a funny thing, and the way we can play with it, the amount of control we have through meditation and discipline, is, is a really interesting thing that hasn't been measured well enough for us to, for, that I know of, to say, to know what we can say for certain about it, aside from strange things definitely happen and and the way we perceive the world is uh i uh uh, there is one saying a friend uh reminded me of recently that reality is the most widely agreed upon fiction um and and that that just goes back to the idea that objective reality whatever it is none of us actually have access to it because we're limited by the filters of our perception right um but but yeah the, the bringing it back that immediately i thought of the the friend who mentioned who mentioned being able to induce his own and i uh there is one feeling that i know is like this sign where like ooh i'm near one of those funny points in reality when i start feeling like like i'll be sitting in a chair like this but i'll feel like that's the floor the Wall behind me, and I'm looking up at whatever the room I'm in is. When I start feeling that that disconnect from sense of space, I know who I'm I'm in somewhere funny for my brain. My perception is going to get playful now, you know? Right. And and I've had it in times that were completely sober, well fed, well watered, well uh, uh slept. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. rested. And I've had it in times in the opposite of all of those. I think. A lot of times we can equate it to religious epiphany, or people have historically. Um, but we've gone the other way too. Like uh, one of the first or earliest documentations of what they thought was a mass—they write off to mass hysteria, and this village was basically purged. In I'm thinking feudalish Europe, um, was ergot poisoning. And that is exactly. a fungus that grows in wheat, and it produces LSA, one of the precursors to LSD. Is
0: there a B in the C? <laughs> uh, I would okay. hope. No. <laughs> I've got LSA through F. <laughs> oh,
1: man. And, well, well, that's one of the things. Okay, so to bring it back to uh, some of those endangered experiences, um, a girl that was around when I was playing with, uh, let's call them novel disassociatives, Uh, just a class of drugs that are related to um like ketamine um she just wrote off everything as soon as i started talking about any of these substances uh she would just say oh alphabet soup you guys are having alphabet soup (laughs) um and and it just goes to show the ignorant attitude that a lot of people have towards substances and, and even i mean she's a user you know and i think it's highly important to Be very educated if you're going to mess with anything that dangerous, because it's obviously dangerous. Right. Um, I think the prohibition that we've had in this country gets in the way of properly educating people. I think the prohibition in this country gets in the way of people seeking treatment when they're going too far. I think the prohibition in this country is essentially the longest running extortion racket probably in world history absolutely i think we've never had a war on drugs we've only had a war over who mm. makes money from drugs right yeah so that's just some of that background do where that, i stand but do you
0: think that prohibition do you think that that takes away from uh, how do i put this the experiences you know like because there's a I lot think, of paranoia I think it
1: adds bad things to the there's experience. a lot of paranoia it when it comes to some of it it can take away if you let it right it can add negativity if you let it right but any of the anytime you're exploring your consciousness at that level you are you're taking certain risks first and foremost and you need to be keenly aware of where your fear points are. Wh- how to make your set and setting the most comfortable it can Boy. be. Uh, if you don't do those things, yeah, it, it promotes the dangerous side. It promotes the dangerous thoughts, and you get. I've heard of people getting caught in loops, and this is from like just dissociating, and it's really. It wasn't even really the meth that caused it. It was the meth without sleeping. I've seen people on meth for a long time, and they get regular sleep cycles. They just force themselves to. It's, it's weird watching a community in the midst of that epidemic it is a very strange thing yeah um
0: so back to near de- near de- near death
1: near death i attempt my most recent i attempted suicide february 25th of 2016 it was my last Dang. and it is the last i will attempt i i know that now <laughs> um i was out at riverside cemetery Allison Beakler's Grave. And I had 3-MeO-PCP. 3-methoxyphencyclidine. Uh, they say the addition of the methoxy ring is intended to subdue or mitigate the fabled aggression of PCP. Angel dust. I find names and language a very funny thing, especially when you start talking about these clandestine parts of our world where, where you have to use a bit of a secret code. Right. Well... I. This is a very powerful substance um, Dosed in microgram measurements I was doing milligram snorts Tolerance built and dropped very quickly with this substance Making it extra dangerous if you're not being careful And I was at the point where I Would cruise for four to six hours on about a quarter of this little spoon I had with me, about a quarter of it full, not heaping. One of those in each nostril twice. That would keep me cruising for a good four hours. And I went out to the cemetery. And I did twelve heaping full Jesus of this Christ, thing,
0: dude.
1: and uh, uh, and I chased it down with a forty. And I had.
0: I'm two... sorry to laugh. I'm sorry. No worries. No I'm worries. Sorry.
1: Like yeah, I was I was out for going to sleep.
0: I think I would have been dead within the first thing. It, <laughs> you
1: know, it, like... it was a, it, it's an anesthetic, really. So it disrupts communication along your neural pathways. It's, that's the goal of all the disassociatives, really. Right. Um, hit that K hole. Go deep. Feel like you're. I won't even glorify it as much as I was about to. Um, they're, they're dangerous things. I think anybody who hears my music and my stories and delves into all of it, if they think I'm glorifying drugs, they miss the whole point. I think uh, I'm neither glorifying nor vilifying them. I'm just saying that we as a society have not had the proper respect, care, or viewpoint on what they mean to us as a species, right? Um, so back to the my experience in doing this, I also had a tablet of 25 I, which is a psychedelic that um, should have a shorter lifespan than lSD and yeah i I've already went through my charging and criminal everything with this incident, so I'm fine to talk <sighs> about it. Um,
0: oh, oh.
1: no worries. I getting through this story slowly because it's, you know, emotionally intense. Oh, uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> Understood. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, that day, I, it was the second time I called one of the bosses at the brass kettle. First time I got a hold of the one who hired me and I, I was shaking and in tears and I told him I'm going to check myself in a two north. This time. Ah, he even he even gave me the perfect advice. He said, he said "I said I I feel lost," and he said, "Take a nap." I should have taken that advice. Smoked some of the weed ahead and just, just taking a nap, but I was I had already had my mind made up. So, drove out to side took those gigantic scoops, and essentially I was being my own anesthesiologist, and then just falling asleep with the lever all the way on, to keep the gas going essentially what i did anesthesiology is really the science of bringing someone to the brink of death and then bringing them back so um how i hear it from other people was that the groundskeeper saw me called the ambulance first the ambulance was just getting ready to load me up when police came and saw I, the tab of whatever was still on my tongue and i think they were making sure that they could uh have a sample and know what it was or labs or whatever it, they must have arrived really close to each other in time um, I was out I have a chapter about it in, in the book that I'm writing uh, I'll give you the cliff notes there was, there was just nothingness Think John Snow's response when they asked him what it was like after he came back nothing that was the escapism I was looking for just nothing and the first sensation was this lifting up. In retrospect, that's probably the gurney about to load into the ambulance. Uh, the next thing that felt like clear as a memory, just picture in my head. I was like, my nose was up against a curtain. I remember the colors of the curtain, the pattern. It probably was, it, no, actually it wasn't the pattern i thought it was at first i thought it had these wavy designs the color scheme was what i had right <laughs> um and then the next thing that i can be relatively certain of is it was probably hours or minutes or days later Like <laughs> I that's my perception was that off uh was realizing that i'm shackled in in the emergency room and um I got IVs on and I started trying to shoot through this IV. Um, because I was gonna blow into it, to try to put air into my fucking eye. Yeah, I was still like just dead set on no, why did I come back? I didn't want to come back. At first, I thought I was abducted and I was in an alien or afterlife waiting room or some shit. Um, but as it became more clear and I realized, oh, Avera St. Luke's this piece of hell again, because it's not my first ICU visit, right? Um, Well, yeah, I ended up in ICU after that, and then to North, and then sent to Yankton. um, Where, I mean, I thought I was just intellectualizing enough to tell them the things they wanted to hear and get out as quick as I could, but I also wasn't lying about those things for the most part, except maybe my intention to use substances again, but right away. (laughs) Um, At this point in my life with substances, I think... I can't give the substance itself so much power Is to... I know what choices I'm making. And I know that some of these things rob me of my ability to continue to choose for myself.
0: Right.
1: But I won't blame the substance for the fact that I let myself get in and I've found my way out before. I feel like I can... When I quit smoking cigarettes the last time for six months, I, I started thinking like, I think I can always find my way out again if I, if I'm dumb enough to start again, you know what I mean? Um, but I do recognize that it's always a risk. It's a gamble every time, not necessarily that you're doing too much and that's going to or be the hot shot that kills somebody, which happens, but that. I might let myself get so enamored with this chemical that I prioritize it over myself and the people
0: I love. Well, that's why I don't do. Harder. Anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any pills or powders or anything like that. Nothing. Right. Because I know I probably fucking love them. You know,
1: I I said that about crack when I decided not, I'm not going to smoke crack. (laughs)
0: Like I just, you know, like I, I've never smoked meth. Don't need to. Like, cause I know I probably fucking love it. Of course, you're going love it. For, for me,
1: that? for me, the the thing that the line that and I did cross it a couple times, but came back and realized now the seduction that's wh- that I know better than to is that needle. Hmm. I see a lot of people just get in the needle and and it's it's more the needle the than act the act of thing there. yeah yeah.
0: See, that's why, like you know, some people are when it comes to like pot smoking. A lot of people are dabbing. Yeah. They're doing the dabs and stuff. Dabs like are that. fun, but your tolerance gets so too high too quick. But, but I just think, like, and then there's there's people that are dabbing, and then there's people, yeah, right?
1: There you go. So was I that mean, just a way to make a new slang thing, PG?
0: I don't know. But then there's people that, like, they're still like, no, I just want a bowl of fucking weed. Yeah. I remember you know, looking like, for swag when all of a sudden all you could find was kind nuggets. <laughs> oh, dude. I, yeah, 2007 was the like the last time that I heard of any Schwag being around out there. Right. Like you just didn't hear about it after that. Right. That's, that's a long fucking time ago, dude. That was like mm-hmm. the last time that I even saw Schwag was like w- the week that I met my wife. <laughs> you know? Like, you remember
1: how 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 back then we would never openly on a camera talk about such things? I mean
0: I think it's ridiculous that we can't, <laughs> like you know, like, like the, we
1: as a society are growing up, and the government <laughs> is not. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to that political take on that thing, but like, it's just true. Yeah, and and we literally use the prison system to enslave people. That's what it is, mm-hmm. and they figured out, hey, we don't have to enslave. Just one race? We can enslave all the undesirables. Everybody poor enough to want to bond with a substance because life is just shitting on them. Yeah, yeah.
0: They don't throw wanna spend, them into the. They don't want to spend the, the money to treat them, line. but they want to spend the money to fucking house them. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, but going back to what we were talking about, the reason why I brought up the the near death experience was I started thinking. You know that was really weird that I had a flashback of it. Mm-hmm.
1: I want to interject one other thing. I had one of the classic ones earlier where I got to see outside my body. I mm. just I just saw the body. I saw myself loaded into the ambulance. That was actually the first time I was like 16, 17. Yeah, Cliff Notes version of that one. But sorry to interrupt.
0: So you you did the I, whole Nikki Six thing where you like
1: were... like I basically uh, uh, I remember that feeling of being lifted gurney. That's a memory I had. Um, that I think uh, th- there wasn't a visual associated with that memory either, but like, that's just a, it's a pretty staunch thing twice in my life that I know I wasn't conscious, wasn't there for, but I still felt that. Um, and like, it's the next thing that was kind of clear. And maybe it's just cause I had such a clear picture of my house. That's already born into my brain, you know, that I saw it from a little ways above and a little, and, and I felt like it was kind of fish eye, eat or something like that. It was distorted. And, And, and I just, I remember clearly seeing the top and back of the ambulance, my doorway, and like, just this walk between the, the, it is like, it's like a blur. It's like a snake was just, me and the two, uh, uh, shout outs to first aid folk. What is the paramedics? EMTs. EMTs, yes, yes. Um, I scared the crap out of my mom on that one. I, like had superficial scratch marks all up and down my forearm, had OD'd on every pill I could find in the medicine cabinet, had some booze, was naked, it was winter, had a bump on my head, front door open, was trying to walk outside. Seizing.
0: So do you believe in fate?
1: Something like it. I don't believe in coincidence.
0: You don't believe in coincidence. So, after this this flashback that i had the other day i started and i'm going to put this out there right now no offense anybody or anything but i don't want to kill myself never wanted to kill myself i i would just like things to get better you know when they're when they're bad no
1: i'm glad for you that but, you, you can, that you can say that
0: yeah and but the things that came into my head after that and i'm just wondering if you ever thought that maybe you cheated something like fate like I feel like like for the longest time, I thought, well, I survived for a reason. I could have died there, but I survived for a reason, so there's something out there that needs to happen.
1: I might have had that sort of thought at different points. Um, I think I got this really big little kick of validation out of existence. This this story that I like, I mean I told it on Facebook. I reshared it to my blog on Patreon, patreon.com slash ish the stomach. <laughs> where <laughs> uh, I keep the blog free. It's always free. Donate if you want to. It's probably easier to donate on Bandcamp. Ish the stomach dot Yeah. Love. <laughs> um the story is about how I made a song out of a song from a new Strange Famous artist. Uh, Strange Famous is out of Providence, Rhode Island. Sage Francis' record label. Love the deep underground hip-hop. Shout-out, shout-out, shout-outs. shout-outs,
0: shout-outs. <laughs> I don't know any of these people that you ever talk about. Like, you are always talking <laughs> about you haven't heard of mc you know the fucking uh, squish nub man different like, worlds man and and the, we're in the science <laughs> of bringing different
1: worlds together that's what absolutely and sharing and cultural ch- cultural sharing is i wish about. i could
0: just download it like the matrix you know, oh god! Just... Yeah,
1: but then then would you really have the, maybe maybe the life we're living now is the experience of downloading whole universe into consciousness true that that's probably where i would have landed with everything no <laughs> um no not uh, not no. chain of thoughts god
0: <laughs> well i always i just i thought that instead of thinking hey you it was fate that you lived and you needed and you're here now and i this remember is, my story this <laughs> is what this is what you know you're supposed to be here for something but then after this flashback came I'm, i start. i i started getting this thought that was like maybe i cheated like right. maybe I was supposed to die and maybe I cheated fate. And that's why, and I'm not trying to get down on myself here, but maybe that's why I've been so mediocre. I don't
1: that's think wh- there is a supposed to. I think there is uh reactions to what happens to what we do. Right. There isn't an ought to have happened in the universe. There is only what it is. It is. Um, the story I was going to tell, I'll try to put it in the matchstick version, like a pitch. I made a song out of Ghost by Ophius and different clips from YouTube that I was just bouncing through. And the last clip I landed on was about Hopi prophecy. That'd be the magic version. Let me continue just a little bit. (laughs) Um... I, the video that I found did not give credit to the speaker, did not say anything about the event, but I recognized a lot of what he was saying as Baha'i teachings, which is the religion I was raised in. And then he mentioned the name Kevin, who is a spiritual leader around here. Kevin Locke is who I thought to myself, could he be talking about Kevin Locke and... Then uh, uh, then he actually specifically mentioned the word Baha'i faith, and I said, ah, he's definitely talking about Kevin Locke. Because uh, Kevin Locke is a Lakota hoop dancer, and he has recognized that there's so much overlap in the teachings of these two uh, philosophies from different parts of the world um, that, that he really has awoken a lot of people to the... Uh, uh, the magic thing, you know, the, the, you were, the unspeakable. We were talking about thing,
0: money there for a second.
1: No, 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 oh, see, the, the 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 thing that you can't really speak about, but is there that that truth that we are all connected is a major aspect of it, um, and I think ultimately it always comes back to we are all connected. But Kevin, the day after I make this track and tell my mom I uploaded it to SoundCloud and I'm really happy about it, it's it's really cool kevin stops in and he's chatting with my mom and dad when i wake up in the morning and i go up and i'm just pouring myself a cup of coffee and i'm hearing a voice and when i recognize the voice i peek my head around the corner and say hello kevin he says "Ah, you remember me and uh and mom suggests that most of the conversation is moving at a really blistering pace i remember that but mom suggests that i say or that i tell him about this footage ask him about it and as soon as I start describing it to him, it looks to my eyes like it might be late 70s, early 80s footage. And he's outlining Hopi Prophecy, Kevin. Oh, that's Lee Brown. That was Fairbanks, Alaska. Hey,
0: 85. <laughs> <laughs> just. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, the fact that he stopped in, the fact that his mind is still that sharp. He's just. Oh, oh, it's very, very inspirational. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like you said there's no ought. And it's that's that's a very good I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, like cuz I mean right now I could get up and I could walk out of this room, I could walk out of this house. I could fucking go somewhere and I could, you know, leave everything, just go do everything, go do this, go do that. You know, I could go and and find a different family to raise Mm -hmm. I could go and run for office I could go and kill a cop and then my life would be over you know like I could go any of these extremes but I just stay right here and it's just you know we've talked about the mediocrity of artists and everything like that I mean
1: you're still in the midst of the most important work that you can do when you have offspring the most important work you can do is make sure they become good people
0: that was one of the things that I thought to myself after I said that to myself and it was like well no because i mean god knows what these guys are gonna do i could have you know the next this person or that person or you know the next president or the next you know i could have the next serial killer i don't know you know i don't want that it's a
1: funny thing that we've departed so far from like the the mentality that used to rule most and we still have it in this saying in our lexicon it takes a village to to raise a child and the, the whole dynamic of family worked a lot differently before we uh, started the Western Civilization Experiment.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, uh, there is a book that I read in the formative years called Conversations with God. Oh, yeah. Neil Donald Walsh. Very good series. Um, and I remember from that book, uh, God was musing, and he said, it. it's cruel that we no longer follow what what nature had just made easiest for us to recognize in that our bodies are most ready to make healthy offspring when our minds are nowhere near ready to raise good people but when our minds are ready to raise good people in our 50s and 40s our bodies are not ready to make healthy offspring Um, when we lived in tribal bands that would cap out around a hundred people we saw that in action when we started living in focusing on specifically the nuclear family and getting more and more space for each home but getting kind of further and further from our neighbors is this strange interaction the more connected we become the the less we recognize our
0: connection well i feel selfish too yeah you know because there's a part of me that's just like you know, what am I doing right now? Mm-hmm. Nothing. But I am. You know, like, there's a part of me that's sitting here saying, my God, I want to get the fuck out of here. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I want to do all this other stuff. But then but then I kind of have to ground myself a little bit and be like, you're exactly where you need to be right now. Right. With right. These guys. And someday it's going to be just like I said about me when I was that age. My I can leave my kids and say don't burn the fucking house down, Mm -hmm. and I can go out and I can hey I'm gonna go to Minneapolis for the night, right? And go do some stand up, right? Or something like that, and I'll be able to do that. It's just that that period between birth Mm -hmm. and not saying getting rid of the kids because you never get rid of your fucking kids, right? Right. But at that point where you know, because how many people do I know that it's like oh yeah my kids are growing and Mm going. And well, it's just, I'm sitting there going, it's coming.
1: <laughs> I'm going to parallel something with uh, uh, with hip-hop and a lesson that I really got to recently pick up from my favorite podcast, Super Duty Tough Work, hosted by Blueprint. Shout-outs, Blueprint. I got a single out with Blueprint, The Shoulders of Giants. Check that shit out. SoundCloud, Bandcamp, uh, no, it's not on Bandcamp yet, but it's on iTunes and Spotify and all those ones. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I... I need to get used to the promotion thing it still makes me feel weird but yeah. uh, um no it was Carnegie the executioner who is a friend he's performed in aberdeen and and uh i was working at the venue when he when he did so we we got a chance to bond he came over to a friend's house for we a little after party thing it not about getting drunk and being weird just sitting down having a good conversation with good people you know yeah um one of the... They talked about a lot in this most recent episode of the podcast. Well, second to most recent. I think now their new one's on. I'm going to watch it as soon as I get home. Shoot. I forgot how to connect these dots. It, it went somewhere. What were we talking about just before I did the plug through to Super Duty? It. W-
0: well, uh, I was talking about shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you would have remembered if I wanted to ask you.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um Shit the hell um what was the last fucking thing we were talking about fuck oh artistry and all that stuff. okay
1: so here i I thought of what the point that i wanted to make actually is um i don't remember his exact words but one of the things that he was doing and and i want to parallel it with you in comedy and getting to aberdeen now and again and working on the work that you're doing here like you're doing good in that. You're feeding everything back into into the tubes brand, you know. Right. And that, that's one of the things I'm trying to do with the stomach, and that's just one of the early steps in like in like forming this identity that we're. That it's a brand, and we're trying to sell ourselves that in that way, so that maybe this this communication and honest thing and the work that we put into it could help you know put something in our bellies or help raise the kiddos, you know. Right. Everybody got something to feed, have it their belly, kids, whatever. The gasoline in the car, whatever it is.
0: So just fill my northwestern energy fucking account with, you know, <laughs> right be, right nice the
1: thing the thing that that we do in in one of the early stages is hone our craft you know we bring it to that razor's edge we get our live show out to perfect that's, that's one of the things carnage was doing really well and then he got told by some of the big ups cats in minneapolis like rhyme Sayers cats had told him yo yeah i'll make that good but you kill it in your live show right and that's something i've always thought about in my own head like i know i've been honing my live show that's what i've been doing here now i'm trying to like get the merch and the product and everything lined up but what i've done to tighten it and tighten it and tighten this drum is repeat the same stuff say the same songs and saying the same songs isn't as it doesn't feel as dangerous to a musician as it would feel to somebody telling jokes you get bored telling the same jokes quicker than your audience because your audience is always shifting you know
0: right
1: but uh uh That's that's really the reason for comedians to tell the same jokes, you know, and and then some people start going for the back of the room laughs, and I've heard of weird avant-garde comedy clubs, outsider or a brand of comedy where they just make they get really condescending really fast They mean alt rooms they call them alt rooms okay um and just i i like comedy as an art form i sit back and i'm i'm glad it's one of the it's like the only form of performance where i decided no i am i'm a spectator now you know what i mean and i remember wanting to be a comic when i was a kid or wanting to be able to talk in front of people and make those kind of points that's what i really wanted um, to be able to get people looking at things in different and interesting ways—that's what I really keyed in on and liked about it. Probably why I went the music and poetry direction. Slam poetry got me. Um, Saul Williams, the movie Slam. That that shit got 94,
0: me. Ninety-four pulled a lot of ass. Ish the stomach. Time machine. right. <laughs> <Sorry.
1: laughs> hey, it, man. I've heard. I've heard there are breakthroughs. We have sent a single particle back in time, and that means
0: time travel is how do we know that we sent a particle back in time i
1: don't know the math and shit and i was <laughs> told by a friend so i don't know how accurate the hearsay is but this friend is a professor he ain't at the tenured level professor he's still working I mean, at unless get, like, they're
0: sitting there like i'm sitting here and then all of a sudden something just shows they, up and they're they, like oh that's exactly what we were planning on having. yes that's what happened as
1: far as i can remember of his telling yes that's fucked and that changes the concept of time travel from a theoretical problem to an engineering problem. Yeah. All we have to do now is scale it up.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the fuck,
1: dude. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah. We went off on the time travel tangent because you interjected uh, the old... And sorry. yes, I would be pulling in so Sorry, good. <laughs> But Joe Rogan made that <laughs> joke better than I would have. <laughs> if I could go back to my high school and oh, I might just be fucking every freaking... <laughs>
0: I think I would have pulled the exact same ass knife <laughs> right now if I went back. Oh, man. I still don't have any game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, my game has only just come into its own. And it has done so in the, like, empowering myself as starting to conceptualize being a rapper as being one who communicates. Because rapping has been this tool for communicating and voicing. The struggle and yeah. and and it's something i say at the top of the track i did with blueprint rap means to talk let's sit down and have a rap session so let's, let's let's come to an understanding of whatever we're whatever's between us that we that might not be sitting right or whatever that's that's what a rap session is you know and they definitely like lost sight of that enough to I started with all my poetry so abstract nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. And I still like to throw that at people as it's long as I know what I'm talking still. about. It's, pretty it's, it's abstract. Lo- the, the big difference between now and then is I know what my themes are. And the 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 single I released on my birthday, the one you saw the video for, the writing, the whole conceptualization of that one, it was me departing from the work that I had done throughout 2018 and I needed to give a nod to the work that I stopped in the midst of when 2014 just... I I, I lost myself.
0: 2014 when, was a shit fucking year, and I'm that, totally with you on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Allison died on Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah. I got arrested on Father's Day um, in 2014.
1: <clears throat> Dates can fuck with some of us in oh. weird, funny ways, man. Calendar... When the calendar starts fucking with you, like, and just, just poking you and making you... That's when you start wondering... What the hell is this
0: totally non-violent thing? crime? I'm just putting that out there totally non-violent or abusive or yeah, it was a totally non-violent crime. But but anyways. What? Nah, what, don't to, what? I I wouldn't talk about it. Either.
1: <laughs> I got busted with weed. Oh, yeah. A, I, I can, the, the most th- common th- thing that happened. I was the at
0: extortion a, racket. I was at a friend's house. And you know this friend. She lives cool. in that basement apartment. Perfect. I know who you mean. With all those movies. We were sitting there, smoking a little bit, talking about law and order.
1: <laughs> the irony.
0: Knock, knock, knock. And her dumb ass goes up and goes and gets the door. I'm sorry, but it happened. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and it was like we weren't doing anything. Right? We weren't hurting anybody. We weren't being loud. Just some fucking neighbor didn't like it. You know, mm. and so we were having more fun than them. You <laughs> yeah, know and it wasn't right. even that bad of fun. Not like we were sitting down there like ah, ha, ha, you know, like it was just sitting there talking like me and you were talking right mm. now about like, you know, fucking how awesome Sam Watterson was on Law and Order along with fucking Lenny Briscoe. <sighs> yeah. You know, like what yeah. the fuck, man? Bilsner, like, is that was that? The character's name I'm not- Lenny Briscoe, Sam Watterson played uh, McCoy.
1: McCoy, okay. Yeah,
0: McCoy. Who am I thinking of?
1: Belzer on SVU and... and...
0: Richard Belzer. Munch. Munch. Yeah, Munch. Yes, yes. But, yeah. Well, Ish, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. I understand. We are sitting at over an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> hell yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. But
0: I want you to come back. Like, you know, yeah, next time yeah. you have you have a fucking full tank of gas, man. Word. We're going to keep doing this because I could talk like this for hours. Me too. You yeah. know, and
1: the I yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity and like this interacting thing, it's, it's it's exactly how we build our community. There is one thing I want I want to a point that I want to make sure to say. Absolutely. Um I've been asked a few times here and there, why are you in Aberdeen? How come you don't leave? Right. The thing, the thought that I had when I was in my early teens and, uh, yeah, college age, I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. But I came back and I'm glad the thought has revisited me is that towns like this, Redfield, Aberdeen, Millett, towns, these towns only grow so tiresome to people because all the good people just can't wait to leave if you want to fix a place that you don't like, don't leave. Encourage people to do the things you like.
0: Right. Yep.
1: That that That's what I want to leave it on.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Like, I think that, like, the Scared of the Dark guys that are here, they're an amazing fucking band. And they want to move to Sioux Falls and start some stuff up there and everything. And it's awesome. And I hope the best for them and everything. Because, I mean, you're not going to break away staying in Redfield. It's not going to happen. You Some know?
1: seek stardom, and they forget Harlem.
0: I've, I've learned just from the people that I met through that crazy-ass Hollywood experience of mine and everything, <laughs> is that a lot of it's luck, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is what you're personally willing to throw away and what you're personally willing to do in order to get there, like these people uh, left their entire lives and families behind, to, you know, did that. See, the, now you're
1: hitting the themes of my album. I said I wanted to talk about it, but
0: the story, don't let me. the storybook, <laughs> going to California to make it big, kind of thing. And these people went out there, not knowing what the fuck was going to happen, and then it, it happened for them. And now they're sitting there at the fucking Emmys, and they're sitting there at Comic Con, and that's all that I've ever wanted to do. Yeah, is. I I like making people laugh, but I would rather make people laugh, but also make them think. Yeah. And I, I, I want to be the person that when you walk away from whatever project I have, you're thinking about it and you're like, wow, that's fucking interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's my dream. And, and I would love to be at comic con. I'd love to be able to be nominated for this, that, or the other thing, but inevitably I just, I wish that I was known as, you know, like George Carlin is a comedian, yes. But the guy was a linguist. See,
1: that's okay. You know? Where I wanted to, how I was going to come into that is the cheat code is the writing comes first. Mm-hmm. You hone that material, make those gems, make that come first. And a lot of people, a lot of people go chasing that dream and it doesn't go that Emmy direction. Which makes me want to say, Morgan Bauer if you're watching this have your mother call me and I will answer the question you asked me when you cornered me in the back room of the Palm garden
0: okay I won't ask I won't go any further into that but I'm whatever that means I'm glad she had the opportunity to say she knows
1: it. what it means the only one that would
0: All right cool
1: <laughs>
0: yep. That that's a sad thing. It is. And I, I hope part goes out. I hope that that girl just doesn't want to be found. Like that. That's my I, hope. Is that she just. I'm not going
1: to say anything about it other than Cherry. I'm sorry. And the thing I already said. Yeah. That's the I just.
0: Follow-up. I hope that. I hope that she's out there and she's healthy and she's safe and yes. she's alive and she's yes. happy. Yes. That's all I can hope for. Yes. If someday I'm on the coast and I'm living that fucking Emmy life. You know, I'm e- living that EGOT life or whatever, you know. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, here comes Morgan Bauer, and, and I'm just like, hey, aren't you? And she's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you found me. And I'd be like, well, shit, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's all. That's all. That's I don't need all. to do nothing else, you That's know? right. It's the stomach. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This has been fun. Absolutely. And... I'm going to let... Okay, I'm going to plug my shit, then I'm going to let him plug his shit, because you you got it slinging. <laughs> I'd, I would butcher the fuck out of it. <laughs> Tony Tubes, the Dakota Podcasting Experience. You can find the Dakota Podcasting Experience on Twitter, at Dakota Podcast. Yes. And me, at Tony Tubeser. Um, we are on the Anchor app, which is a podcasting platform that puts it out to iTunes and, and all sorts of different uh, podcasting sites, and you can find us as well on YouTube and everything. The Dakota Podcasting Experience. Thank you guys very much for allowing me to have an audience to have somebody like Ish the Stomach.
1: It's been and an honor. Ish the, A pleasure.
0: ish the stomach, what's your stuff?
1: Yo, you can find me at Ish the Stomach. Just you Google that. You'll find all my socials, but soundcloud.com slash ish the stomach, ishthestomach.bandcamp.com, Facebook.com slash ish dot the dot stomach. Uh Twitter, ish the stomach, at ish the stomach all of them it's the stomach um until i really get the dj stuff rolling but uh there's a couple tracks on my soundcloud by crucible check them out
0: noise yeah and check out his youtube channel too because it's growing yeah your stuff is is awesome right right now
1: this year i'm concentrating on that spoken word series every open mic i'm doing all 12 of them that's 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 what i'm hitting for this year that's the goal i'm holding my feet to the fire for one new poem memorized and performed at every open mic this
0: year. Yeah, I really want to get there, man. But, like, the weather fucking held me up like two months in a row. And yeah. now it was just like fucking I had birthdays and money and car issues. And so it's like, fuck.
1: Life happens. Maybe Life I'll get happens. out there
0: in June. Or maybe I'll get out there at the end of May. I don't know. But thank you guys very much for watching and listening at thanks home. People. And thanks, Ish the Stomach, for making that trek thanks, to, the, to the field to be on the Dakota Podcasting Experience. We'll see you guys next time when I will have Ish on again very soon.